Okay. We're rolling now. Laura Short. Testing. One, two. Testing one, two. We are broadcasting. Ground control to, to Major Tom. From Nashville. For, well, yeah, live from Nashville. From a basement in Nashville. Um, Southside. So you are a lot of different things. Many different things. Many a things. renaissance woman. Wow, thank you. Yes. So tell me about the music portion of that. Music. Music, the music you play. Your artistry. The loaded questions. Yes. <laughs> yeah, music I think has been ingrained in me since a young kid. If I didn't know words to songs, I would just start making them up. And so I fell in love with songwriting at a very young age and Pops always wanted me to go to college, and so I thought, if I'm ever going to sit behind a desk or anything, I'm going to do it for something I am super passionate about. So I thought, how can I get to school, get Dad to feel like he's done a great job, got me through college, and then I also got something out of it that I wanted to actually do with my life and feel fulfilled, and, you know, studied recording industry to learn how to get paid, not get sued if I wanted to, like, run my own business, you know, like, be my own artist and independent label so to speak because that's where this this stuff's going it's like you're your own ceo before everyone anyone ever wants to sign you you know well where did that mindset come from was that something that was developed in you growing up or were you was it just through the experience of being involved with the music industry no i mean i was uh born and adopted in, in chicago illinois but raised you know uh, outside of Atlanta, Georgia, Marietta. So uh, by, you know, parents who weren't musically inclined per se at all, didn't even think that you could get a job not singing or playing an instrument in the music industry. Like that, that was a thing. And I had to convince them that, you know, no, this is really a paying job. You can get a degree doing this kind of thing, whether it's licensing, royalties, copyright, uh, you know, record administration, A&R, you name it. So, um, yeah, uh, Middle Tennessee State, you know, the recording industry, shout out, you know, commercial songwriting, entrepreneurship. It's a Bachelor of Science in what was uh, mass communications at the time. But then in 2015, they switched that and like 70 other majors to media and entertainment. So pretty cool. Mm. It's not even, you know, specifically an arts degree, but you can couple it with, um, you know, another double major, um, do audio production and music business, and then also do maybe a fine arts degree, you know, and specialize in a, you know, voice or an instrument so to speak yeah there's a, a lot of options and uh, i hear yeah. mtsu it really nurtured all of those those things that i loved about getting to play sports you know have a great social like you know wherever so that's where yeah, i kind of came to tennessee and started doing all that mm -hmm. so you you grew up in atlanta yeah right outside uh, yeah. um when did you start playing music I, uh, you know, like I said, just started singing when i was maybe three years old and you know if i didn't know the words made them up started playing the piano in second, third grade, and then <laughs> conveniently quit piano in sixth grade. Just <laughs> had my mom, if she forgot about taking me to lessons, I just didn't remind her because I just hated those books that were like the dancing taco, the, you know, feisty cat, like, and they just were like so Wait, pointless. Wait, what, what is this? These like, you know, piano books that are just these kind of, weird named obscure like scales to give you practice i just like was so bored i'm like i want to learn songs that i hear today you know um so i just you know wouldn't remind my mom about piano lessons and then if she forgot we just wouldn't go and so i i just snuck out of that but then subliminally or <laughs> i don't know what the word i subliminally yeah no no yeah i don't know if that's the right word we might have to you know correct me but simultaneously there we go okay <laughs> i have a bunch of words as dictionaries in my head sometimes i get the definitions of them mixed up but yeah uh i also started writing music at the same time just acapella for three years sixth to ninth grade and then ninth grade i was like all right i kind of like this but who's gonna just listen to me do this if it's not like choir music and i'm just singing here without an instrument so i started like putting what i knew again only with more of like a chord chart format and taught by like worship leaders and stuff but in high school again of just how to read music again and skills yeah sometimes but really just that shapes and orally being trained of listening and playing back and then just if it sounds good 
developing do it, it. <laughs> yeah yeah but all the theory is good to learn too that's why i always it love is, playing yeah. with better people and that's why uh going to the spigma convention was so cool those yes. guys are off the chain of insane talent and just the theory that you have to know and like just yeah. the precision is perfect you know well it's interesting um and you're t you're talking about spigma for those who don't know how would you describe spigma what is Spigma? You tell them the full name because I don't know I'm what I don't know what it stands for. It's a bluegrass convention. It's a bluegrass we're obviously convention. Obviously ignorant. We yeah. somehow we met. We're there. yeah yeah we're rock musicians. A guy named Lucas White. Shout out to him. He was on a previous episode. Yeah, Lucas was a a, a previous met guest him on the through show. MTSU. So yeah. we're MTSU alum. And Danny we're, as well. Danny. Danny Shaw Rometta. Yes. Yes. So you know it's a it's a whole love affair from Murfreesboro. But uh, Spigma was badass. It was really cool. It was my first time going. I'd never gone before. Me too. We were both. We yeah, were both first fresh timers. Meat. Fresh yeah. meat. Yeah. And not even bluegrassers. No. Um, As I said that, they're like, yeah, no, she does. She well, does. <laughs> Josh Norfleet, who was also there, he plays in the band The Reveal. He he has told me about it in the past, and he's like, dude, they rent out like three floors of a hotel, and they oh, they all open their rooms, and they're just jamming. It's all bluegrass musicians yeah, jamming. The They're jamming hotel. in the hallways. It's, it's like Aristocats only with bluegrass players. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone's seen it, everybody. Oh, I'm not, never mind. Can't finish it, you know, because we yeah. don't want to have to pay the licensing thing, which I can tell you about. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't really sing the whole thing, you know. Nobody knows what that is. Uh, but yeah, there's a song in there that uh, everybody knows. And yeah, yeah there, everyone was jamming. It's just such a good time. Can you quote it? Are you, uh, is that, you know, what's the difference? Is it gray area? Is it murky? You know, lyrics are copyrightable. Yeah. And it's in a print format, too. So if this script is copyrightable, as, you know, I don't know. That's where you're going more into the media and entertainment side of it, where I'm not sure, you know, the words. I mean, you're, you're quoting it, so it's theoretically in print somewhere, right? So I mean, it, the audio will exist, yeah. So, yeah. I, what new, about if we... media. What if I do it in Morse code? <laughs> No, I think I think we'd be safe in Morse okay. code. Okay, I, I I don't so know how to do Morse code, you know, so you can't hear him when he's tapping it out. On yeah, his leg right yeah, now. yeah, you can't hear it. But um, yeah, Spigma was really badass. Um, I guess Billy String showed up for a yeah, couple of I the nights. Him. Yeah, I missed. Got him to as meet well. a couple of his uh, bandmates though. They were great. Um, also saw the last minute band, so that's what. Shout out to Tristan. Yeah. Do you was, know Tristan? What's up? I do. I've seen him playing around town yeah. here before. And then, it, but it was cool to see him do it here. His, he was doing his thing. Well, I guess you know it's all relatively here. Yeah. In, in Nashville. But. In Nashville, yeah. <laughs> um, so talk to me a little bit about floater. Floater. Yeah. Floater. <laughs> that is my latest artist and band project since. Uh, I guess it started really. Early 2022. It's weird saying that. 2022. So it's been a year. It's been about a year. A little fresh or shy of one, probably. Um, I was in a previous indie alt duo. And as soon as I got back from that tour, stopping short, not working out, I just was like, I got to do something else. I can't just not do this. And so started a punk rock band. <laughs> That's what you do, right? When you just move on from whatever you're doing, you start a punk rock band. <laughs> but no, I've always loved the alt music, the 2000s, the 90s grunge, the the emo, the pop punk, the... The everything though, like I, that's why I enjoyed something like Spigma so much because it's just fresh to be around something that you're not doing all the time and to just be immersed in just culture of any kind, especially when someone's so good at it. But yeah, punk rock music's always had a place in my heart lyrically, melodically, you know, with arrangements and uh, you know, what I was, was your like, favorite? That feels like home after like being nine years in Tennessee. Like I've written so many different styles of music. What do I want to do now? That's like truly going to like, give feel to like the lyrical content I want to share um, with this concept album I want to you know put out. And now here we are starting this recording process for you know the songs. The song is are there you know and so it's exciting to move on to the next process 
after a little less than a year and I was like you know I gotta make something happen something different or I don't know about Tennessee no more you know but because yeah I remember it's like 10 year town 10 year town I'm like yo year nine this feels like you know like lay me up let's slam dunk this project so yeah I am so excited for it um and cardboard is out right now single and music video music video produced by Carlos Torres at the filming station, shout out Demetria. Man, that building has, it was an old gas station. It's right off Cannery Row down there. That's all getting done again. You know, Nashville, even I'm not that, you know, old here, nine years, not that long in Tennessee. Four of them in Murfreesboro for MTSU. And then the last five here in Nashville, but man, things have changed, right? But that building has preserved a lot of culture. And so that's what's cool to see. You know, you see a high rise right next to it and then you see Cannery Row, which is, you know, not even open right now. So um, I've seen a lot of shit here. I mean, yeah, we can say whatever we want, well, right? Yeah, like, you can swear, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Yeah. Shout out mom, love you too. <laughs> <laughs> she always uh, says, she's like, I don't know. She's like, she tells people, oh, I'm in Nashville. She's like, but I don't know. It's, she calls it punk rock music. <laughs> I'm like, love you too, mom. She, you know, her and her contemporary Christian music. You know, she likes it, and that's great. So, <laughs> what was your favorite punk music growing up? What were you listening to? Mm, I mean, my first concert ever was Blink One Eighty Two. <laughs> like, I, was... I grew up like in the in the church and everything like that, and that's why I start, even started writing just Christian music, is because I was like listening, and that was what my mom played all the time. You know, I grew up in the church, and my dad maybe played some Rod Stewart, ABBA, and Bruce Springsteen if I got lucky, and then like Celtic women or Celtic women, you know. <laughs> and yeah. um, I, you know, got immersed to it. You know that, and uh, you know, I went private school like K through eighth too, and so public school freshman year like met a girl on the bus like fourth day she was like you want to go to blink 182 I was like yeah like <laughs> so that was that was obviously a big thing but my sister and I were listening to like three days grace and stuff like that I love smashing uh, smashing pumpkins you know um man my chemical romance you know I love MCR yeah you know love the fallout boys <laughs> um red jumpsuit apparatus just all the weird shit too. I don't know, man. I and I love being introduced to new stuff. Like lately, I've been vibing on like some waster. They're slapping, and then um, you know. But I love really anything like Anderson Pot, Kendrick Lamar. I mean, J Cole, Big Sean. Yeah. <laughs> How was the Blink One Eighty Two concert? Um, man, that was great. We were like twenty rows back. I mean, it was like. I do a good thing at concerts where it's just like I'm immersed by just what's happening. I don't really even care who I'm with. She was not there for it, but I was like amazed. Just, just be, be, I don't know. Be in the presence of like musicians who were just, you know, they're so in sync as a band, first off. Like, and then when the music is right and like the look, even if it is just entertainment and they have to fake it, because I understand that to a degree too they do such a good job I mean, it looks so fluid that it's just magic because they really are the players they are you know seeing travis barker spin around on a rotating stage almost near my face is just like as a what 15 year old is like okay like i think i love this kind of thing <laughs> like and i love any kind of live show but like that was like you're like what's the punk rock thing and i was like that was probably like okay you felt understood yeah but it was first live experience of like a real show show besides just like you know like a worship concert or something you know and there's nothing wrong with that it's just like on this massive scale too of like getting just nothing explicit freedom to just express yourself feels really good yeah, understandment. You know? Yeah. If that's a word. Something like that. Underst you're, clo you're close enough. Oh, uh, man. You know what? Here's the thing. Had a few concussions. There there are, no, there are no <laughs> rules on the podcast. Well, there are some rules, <laughs> but that's not one of them. You're okay. Charmingly squirrely. <laughs> uh, my first concert was uh, Fall Out Boy. Nice. I was in the eighth grade, and it was... So it was one of those, you know how like on the way up there's like five bands on a bill for an arena tour and then like greatest hits tour, like bands are on the way down, yeah. there's five bands yeah. on the bill. It was one of those deals. So it was Fall Out Boy was the headliner 
and then it was all American rejects. That that was like dirty little secret era. Oh man! So they were popping off, and then Hawthorne Heights, (laughs) and that was before that the the screamo guitars died. Oh, because he he eventually passed away. Um, and then there was this band called the Hush Sound, um, which they were on Fueled by Ramen. Do you know who they are? Yeah, yeah. I, I gotta. I'm like a. Give me their top three and let me hear it. I'm like, oh yeah, I fucking. There's know them. one song I remember by them. It's uh, "Crawling Towards the Sun." Mm, um, yes, I'm, an album sh- cover. And, Show me the album cover. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then from first to last, which is Sonny Moore's band, aka Skrillex. He was a screamo singer before. <laughs> of course he was. Yeah. Of course he was. Deep dive on him. Yeah. But um, it was really cool. It was uh, it was fun. That was my first. That's li- an live insane music. first concert experience. What a fat yeah. bill. Ph. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool. Plus, no one. I grew up in Maine, and like, no mm. one ever came to Maine. Yeah. Yeah, because it's so far out logistically. Like there's so you can't no- even justify the like money to like get up there. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So the closest bands would come usually is is Boston. If I was lucky, if they mm-hmm. if they were going on a full like U.S. tour, they would they would come to Boston. But I eventually I saw My Chemical Romance on the you did opening I night I of the U.S. leg of the Black Parade tour. Oh man, yeah. I wish I could have done that then. I was too young. They were not going to ever allow me to get in there. I should have just done some Rebel stuff and done yeah. it anyways, but I didn't. That was then, my freshman now they, year. They, what did they play that festival in Vegas? Oh, you're good. Don't worry um, about it. Um, when we were young? Yeah. I had a friend. She went to that, and she was like, it was cool, but, man, they got some logistical things to figure out. Well, I heard there was a, a lot of it was canceled due to wind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. then just... There were so many tickets versus, like, the space allotted or, like, the things set up. Like, it was just a little overcrowded. Yeah. You know when they do that? Yeah. It wasn't no fire festival, but had some- It could have been. It, could, it had some things they got to work on. It, it, it could have got a little weird. It got weird, especially with the wind. Yeah. Um. So, you have an album that you're working on right now. You're recording an EP? I am. I'm recording an EP right now. At the end of this month. Where are you recording it at? I am going to do it at the Notable Studios, the Spotify Notable Studios. Oh, really? Is that over in East Nashville? Um, like third, maybe. Oh, okay. <coughs> Sorry. No, you're okay. Um, yeah, I didn't even know that was that was in town. They got them in Nashville, uh, L.A. They're soon to be Atlanta. It's a lot of like a few other places. Nice. That's cool. It is pretty cool. I think they they don't advertise one as New York, I don't think, but their headquarters in New York, so I'm sure they have a banging studio at their whatever headquarters. Absolutely. Well, the game has changed so much, probably even since the time that you've moved to Nashville, like the music business in general. Yeah. Everything has moved over to streaming. It's all YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music. Um, and all of these subscription-based services, you were talking about kind of the um, the license, licensing management and all of that. What does that entail exactly? Yeah, I mean, songwriters and recording artists have their two intellectual properties. As an intellectual property owner, you've got your copyright and then your sound recording, and so whether you're writing music or playing music, you most of the time, and you're releasing music, or just playing it out, you have some kind of money that you could be collecting. And Yeah, it's sad that we've moved away from physical sales of stuff because obviously that was just the most lucrative thing for everyone was to actually get dollars up front versus like percentages of subscriptions and stuff like that. And, you know songwriters are only getting like 15 percent of you know your they're defining net or gross you know and deducting all sorts of stuff before they even give you your 15 percent it's just crazy because it's like a tech provider that solely relies on content to thrive because that's pretty much everything for the platform uh only gives it like 
a small sliver of the you know pie. The pie yeah. yeah but you know it's it's still the copyright law too so there's just some old-fashioned laws and you know that you can't really get around still when you're an independent artist that you just have to you know by law get a license when even when you just upload it on your distribution site because technically even though most people are just going to your streaming service you are also having it available to download on iTunes or Amazon so like that permanent digital download sale that you know would have a mechanical royalty and so those you know you're supposed to pay out songwriters now as of 2023 12 cents per song you know uh so yeah it's it's kind of funny that just a lot of people are ignorant of their responsibility as basically a small business as an independent artist when you just you it's not you know uncommon that people don't know the laws and stuff like that of compulsory licenses and just cover licenses and mechanical rates and whatnot you know and it's really not that hard when you think about okay like oh I had x amount of downloads and I times that by you know the mechanical rate and then I'll just pay them this out okay let's break this down for a sec (laughs) I'm already getting lost myself (laughs) what were the three things you just you mentioned it was the um mechanical rate was one yeah so your songwriters rate when you get paid out on a record you know and that's just purely if you're a songwriter yeah, that's you know if we had a song that we sold and it was one ninety nine, then twelve cents of that would go to the songwriter, and if I wrote it solely, then it'd be you know twelve cents me, but if we wrote it together, then I get six cents, you get six cents, and then <laughs> divide that by seventeen when you're on so and such as DJ track. Well, that's the other thing I'm I'm curious about because. You look. Um, that's for a digital download sale, though. That's for when you were making real money. That's the sad part, too. Now, we're relying on, you know, tens of pennies, basically, even with your pay raise of fifteen percent of receipts. Fifteen percent of receipts. The other one you mentioned was, um, was it compulsory? Compulsory, compulsory license. Okay, what does that mean? So compulsory license. I mean, should I just look up? Yeah, yeah. Look, look up. Educate. Educate All us. All right. My little cold fingers. I. It's cold here in Nashville right now. It is. It we, actually was sunny today, though. And we had to reschedule this podcast because there was a little ice storm. It wasn't too bad, but it was not safe to drive. Okay, so compulsory license. Compulsory mechanical licenses can only be requested under very specific circumstances. First, a compulsory license must be granted to anyone who wants to release an audio recording of your work. Second, a compulsory license can be issued if it will be used for a payment that is a legal obligation. So, you know, there's different rules for it. And um, basically, you know, when you release music for the first time, you need to get just written approval of saying, hey, Here's the numbers that the money are going to come in on. Just like when you sell anything, you have like a product skew. So here are the numbers for that. It's called the metadata. You're going to need to pay me out. If, you, if it's going to be pennies, nobody wants to hear you up. So we can put a minimum threshold on it, you know, until you reach $15. And it's like, I've made nine cents to date. <laughs> like, okay, then just don't hit me up ever. You know, like if the stamp's going to cost more, just just let it sit there. And most of the time people just... You know, I don't know. They don't collect it. They just are like, whatever. It's not a big deal. You know, they're, but so that's why some people are even just shocked that they're like, oh, you care about this? Okay, sure. I'll sign this and thanks, you know. But it's just, it's tech. It's like dotting your I's, crossing your T's. It's like just having everything tied up because, you know, say something does get pitched for something like the Super Bowl, you know, you want to know, do I divide it by five or did someone such who said they wrote on it really get a piece of this? Or And when you have a license, it just says for, you know, who am I going to pay how much for for what and whose share? You know, it's just specifying and detailing everything, especially when you just put a song in a sound recording for example dolly parton writes i will always love you mm-hmm. whitney houston records it the song royalty itself is always going to get paid out to dolly parton but whitney is gonna make 
all the sound recording money, or at least the label she was on, and you know all the details. There's also a master license for your sound recording. So we've been talking a lot about the songs, the song, song mechanicals, compulsories, cover licenses, cover. You know, it's like then when somebody puts it out first, then you know you can go ahead with it. Everybody can do their cover, but you know technically, when, even when you change up the words and the melody, we're supposed to get a license for that too, like an adaptation. When I change he to she, or I want to say that, or cut out the second verse, and especially when I want to add my own verse, like, or I sample the beat, like, you're supposed to get publishing and or record clearance. There's two licenses that you may or may not need to get from a publisher or a record label to legally and, you know, liably move forward in good faith, you know, especially if you want it to pop off, you want to pitch it, you want to do it the right way, then you got to figure out who owned the intellectual property and then reach out to them, get a license and then exchange, you know, tax ID stuff so that you can actually pay them out and then not get fined for it by the IRS. We should have operating as a business. A, uh, a caveat to this where we say you are not a lawyer, by the way. I am not a lawyer at all. Okay. Now our asses are covered. I'm not a lawyer. You need to go consult someone else. It's not an, me. An, an, an entertainment lawyer. <laughs> all of these things are just figurative. I obviously... You know, you need to fact check all your shit. Never listen to anyone. Always look it up yourself. And don't just rely on Wi-Fi, not Wi-Fi, wiki sheets, or Wi-Fi. Be careful what you plug your phone into, kids. Yeah, well, it's, it's I think for a lot of artists, <laughs> it's overwhelming. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. I, I, I personally feel very overwhelmed by the entire um, back end of I'm it. I'm just talking out my ass, honestly, you know? You know a lot out your ass then. Yeah. You're very knowledgeable. Well, thank you. I've spent six years doing it, out, getting out of college, and then just the degree of studying like copyright law and contracts and legal issues, that's where, you know, there was a pretty good foundation of just understanding like the survey of recording industry, the history of it, and then like the business side as well. So it's it's a whole... Yeah, he's like, caveat, yeah, yeah, we've been on a learning spree here. This is like Sesame Street. It's like, all right, kids, these adults don't know any words. Let's all learn together. <laughs> when you think you hear one that's not a real word, take a sip. Drink. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's a know. drinking game. Is that the adult like Sesame Street that I'm going to, maybe you know. Take a hit, take a sip. Freak show of the hour. <laughs> but hey, I, I mean, we're in emo music. The weirder, the better. So yeah, I'm here to indulge in that <laughs> yeah i like it when things are weird well we're going there we're going there so you're also um a songwriter as well you do co-writes yeah, i've written that's why i even got into like understanding anything about the music industry was because i just had a love of songwriting and singing and playing and then i fell in love with being in a band i just felt like you know playing with other people just had another like enamoring experience of just like being odd of being in the moment of making and creating music and then when you're playing with people that you know understand what you're trying to do it's really exciting so um now it's just learning how to like do that the best in a business way too like okay I do it the best I can creatively then I do it the best I can on paper too of like how can I do this so I'm can be my own boss you know and like how can I make this sustainable so I don't have to rely on other people to, you know, sustain my living? Yeah. <laughs> Quite no. honestly, because that's the end of the day of just being able to call yourself a professional is that this not only just puts food on the table, but sustains your lifestyle or whatever you're trying to do. So, Well, it's all the accounting and the back end work that you also have to do if you're going to be an artist. You know what I mean? If you're going to pursue that path of an artistic life uh, there is some aspects of it that are very romantic um but I'm there's sorry, i'm bundling I'm yeah bundling it's, it's cold down in my basement we're in my basement right now nashville i know i've been worried about my pipes freezing the past really? three weeks do you have a christmas i'm actually since for the past month do you do you turn them on a little bit to keep them dripping yeah probably like my water bill's probably gonna be up the roof the little Honestly, drip, drip, drip thing that's happening. Yeah, that and then the... Uh, so sorry, I'm making weird noises over here. I interrupted. I'm sorry. No, you didn't interrupt. <laughs> this is all normal stuff that usually happens on the podcast. Okay. You're reacting to it. I'm not reacting to it. It's completely normal okay. to me. 
You're doing a great job. Thumbs you're, up. You're that a the fantastic guest. Oh, good. This Gee, is gonna... golly. <laughs> you're doing a good job. Okay, good. Thanks. But again, you know, I'm not a lawyer. Anything I may say will not be used against me. Yeah. That's that's definitely how it works. Absolutely. That's 100% <laughs> how it works. Um, so were you, like, in in high school, did you get into any garage bands? Were you doing that whole thing? No, I, I'm, like, I'm not, I'm just not a spring chicken on that, you know? I had to grow into my, I like, emo-ness. Because I, I went to, like, a private Christian school for K through 8th, and, like, I just was kind of the person who never like rocked the boat it was more of like a people pleaser kind of thing but like I've always you know had a lot to share all of the time <laughs> so I think it's just I'm like a late bloomer in the sense of feeling comfortable being openly vulnerable like that and really coming into my own skin and being confident enough to just collectively move forward and like really come into something and like represent it and love it and just be immersed in that atmosphere you know what triggered that change <sighs> just the need for action to just to like either sink or swim I think just getting out of something that I thought I was so invested in my previous project that and when it, it came to a halt I was just like okay you either like grow or die like and I just was so like enthralled by that almost you know I mean like pain is um not I'd rather feel pain than nothing and oh I don't know if I can finish it I'd rather feel pain than nothing at all whatever three days grace okay you know um old shit though old shit from him honestly Adam, I, Adam I, it's not it for me though dog without him I uh I quote various movies and songs and shit all the time on this podcast okay cool you know whatever well they can this take is free it this is underground this is pirate this radio is underground that Punk was rock. that was spotify oh i never checked back on my poll on instagram that was i said is spotify's new music friday like just trash now or is it just me and <laughs> it was like yeah no it still slaps or like not nah, it sucks what do most they even? People, most people like seventy five, twenty five. When I checked, that people said no, that shit is monks now. It's just bad. It's not good. What, it's all paid advertisement now. It yeah. used to be underground. Like Spotify used to be the cool shit that nobody knew, you know. And then now, it's like just whatever. Like ad can get the highest placement for the banner on top and the whatever this that this. It's just you know that's what happens with big tech comes you know it's just like you gotta support the monster that is the technological technological monster <laughs> and we love to have to need it like money you know but which is all i guess false right money's just not a thing i guess is what they say it's just fake well it is a thing because <laughs> we have to pay rent we have to pay we have rent to put now. gas in our cars it's real because we made it real right you have to buy strings people just used to barter stuff like I was, that's true. I was like, I will give you this cow for two goat. Sounds like a good deal. <laughs> that was it. I, I would come back. That. I would come back with three goats. Yeah. I need three goats for my one cow. I don't know how we got here. How doesn't we... it doesn't matter? <laughs> okay, as long as you can help to, redirect. Yeah, I will go off on a cliff. Go go off. We will go off on tangents. We will go deep. Cliffs. What was your favorite movie as a child? Ah, uh, well, you know, I'm the VHS kid generation. So, yeah. and the whole crossover, you know, it's funny, like the whole Blu-ray thing. They're like, let's do that for a second. That was funny, right? And then everything moved to streaming. Yeah, but the fact that they were like, it's like the Dolby Atmos kind of thing. They're like, it's better. It looks what you, better. What do you think of Dolby Atmos? I don't have the, like the nice enough equipment to really have it matter. I guess like with the like AirPods nowadays, you know, for most consumers, that's what well, I feel like most people have or Beats, whatever. Like you can get it, but like on most shit that people are listening to, unless your car's super nice too, like your listening experience is only as good as what you can afford to listen to it on, right? So, like it's for a certain type of consumer for sure. But it's cool when an artist like wants to go in and really like spatially mix something and give it a 360 sound or like that's and you know it's just a very exclusive experience and so it's it's cool but it's like 
it's like the difference between a $400 guitar and a $3,400 guitar. You know, the difference between an Epiphone and a Gibson. Yeah, there's the things that you can obviously tell what's different about it. But if you close blind test that shit, you're like, eh. Sometimes the $400 guitar is better. I don't know. It's subjective, right? It is subjective. You're right about that. That's the best part about music, which is also why I wanted to move forward with punk rock music, because it just like kind of breaks all the rules. But then there's like this integral home about it that everyone kind of knows that you just kind of like shove your mom up to. (laughs) Like, I don't know. Not your mom. Your mom, too. Which I wouldn't do that to my mom. She's no, I wouldn't do that to her. But you know, figuratively. <laughs> figuratively, not literally. <laughs> yeah, maybe. And you're your not best a lawyer. Friend. I'm not a lawyer. Wait, yeah, I'm. Is five minutes have gone by? Have we said that I'm not a lawyer? <laughs> um. Okay. Back to your favorite movie as a child. Oh yeah, Sea Squirrel, Hercules. At least though, I mean, I loved the princess era generation thing too. You know, all the princesses, but Hercules was my favorite. Like, so you you loved Disney growing up. Yeah, I mean, there were all the Disney movies. You couldn't, like, avoid them. I was just talking to someone about the Air Bud movies, like, and now all of those things. They're, like, when you recorded, like, a football game or something, like, like, ah, we're going out. Let's put on tape so we can come back and we'll watch it. Oh, yeah. My dad, like, tape over, like, home videos and shit, just with just, like, Ohio State football games. <laughs> yeah, whatever, though. We're, like, where are all the memories? I'm like, mm, I don't know. Like. Up here. Up there. Yeah. That what was your favorite movie as a kid? Um my favorite movies definitely Star Wars. Star Wars. I mean, those are great too. I did see all of those. That was how I made it back and forth from uh not Chicago, but Ohio, back and forth to the farm. Did she you go up to Ohio a lot as a kid? Yeah, like once a year to see my dad's parents. So Okay. That was 10 hours, so you know, you watched three Star Wars movies and then you were there. What did you think of the, all the Star Wars movies? I thought, you know, I, I already have sequential processing problems. So seeing like the last three, then the first three really fucked me up, you know? Well, did you see, did you start with the original trilogy? Yeah. The, yeah. Where it goes four, five, six, then you go yeah. one, two, three. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was the like, order they I, came out. As in. a child, I was like, what is this? It took me years to understand. Yeah. I was like, I did not get it. I had to keep watching them. And then we did that with like Lord of the Rings, all those movies too. I and but I didn't even see classic stuff like um Forrest Gump until like high school and stuff. I never have liked Forrest Gump. Yeah, I had to see uh, it in history that, class. That's how like uncultured my parents were like, here are secular things, you know. They were like, mm. I would Love say you guys, but I'm not even gonna tell them about this. So power fine. ranking the best <laughs> movies of the nineties for me. Shawshank Redemption. That might be number one. Have you seen Shawshank Redemption? I think so. With, with Morgan Freeman, where they're in the prison. Maybe once. Okay, but it's, it's like you know, I I've just talked to someone about how I don't know if I remember some things. It's a classic movie. Um, I don't know if I'd rank that as number one. Another one, Pulp Fiction. Oh, that's good. That was when Netflix came out. I could finally access things because I was living under rocks. Yeah, Pulp Fiction is fantastic. Classic. Clerks by Kevin Smith. Have you seen Clerks? Uh, it's the one maybe. that's in black and white, and it's about uh, a, like a convenience store clerk. I don't think so. Actually, okay, classic. I mean, 90s I would have movie. to put that. Yeah. You know, um, Quirks. I actually have a notebook right here. Should I write the that Mummy with Brendan the Fraser. Mu- oh, yeah, that one's that one's the one. Oh yeah, it's in my opinion, it's the greatest um, action adventure movie of the nineties. It's pretty good. Yeah. I'm going to write down these movies. Number five, I'll say True Romance with Christian Slater. Featuring. True Romance, Christian yes, Slater. Written by Quentin Tarantino, featuring a young I James Gandolfini, read. pre-Sopranos. Yeah. It's good I'll, shit. I'll, well, I'll write them again after okay. so we don't have I'll to, tell you after. They don't have to hear this again. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm a big time movie nerd as well as obviously music nerd. That's good. That's why you could fact check me earlier. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> Not really. Uh, no. Um, Hercules is a classic, though. They're remaking. I uh, just rewatched it. They're remaking a live action. Really? Mm-hmm. They're doing I'm that with skeptical, all, all of their. Um, they're doing it on everything. I on think. everything, they did it for the Lion King. They're doing it <laughs> yeah. for Little Mermaid. Yeah. What? Little yeah. Mermaid. It's going to be live action. Yeah. How? 
how do you live action Little Mermaid? Well, it's going to be CGI. Like, the whole movie is going to be CGI. Oh, all right. I'm, like, stuck in the Stone Ages over here. Be yeah. Like, this bitch is just going to be hanging from two strings, like, with cardboard cutouts going with like a down. backdrop like this this backdrop down here oh with man. like coral reef thinking? painted on like they have cgi now laura like what honestly it would be way doper to do it the way you were thinking though <laughs> i think if you do it and like, just always sunny in philadelphia style. oh my god like, yeah exactly <laughs> like day man yeah hell yeah exactly that's <laughs> honestly yes yeah <laughs> Yeah. You got to pay the troll toll to get in this boy's soul. 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 Soul with an S. That's what I said. Soul. Boy soul. My favorite line from that episode, it was Mac. He said, "Um, I'm not going for laughs. I'm going for gasp. Stop laughing. He went out and did his karate. Stop laughing. Whatever. <laughs> it's a great show. It's so it good. It is. It's perfect satire. The latter ones kind of got a little weird. It's still going, but yes, I yeah. I agree. It, the last season wasn't as good as the previous. The seasons. first ones are kind of hard to see because there was just such little money put into it. Yeah. Like, now that I look back, I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Here? Once they brought Danny DeVito in, that's when the show Frank. really, yeah. Frank. Who's your favorite? It's always Sunny character. <laughs> like I want to not say it, but Dennis is my favorite. Like he's, I mean, Frank's like, I love Frank. Yeah. But like, I'm dead at like the shit dennis says well dennis is a serial killer straight up i know that's why it's like insane yeah <laughs> and it's hysterical it is yeah there's so that's what's great about fx they have so many um great shows that they've released like the past 10 or 15 years they had wilfred did you ever watch wilfred i did not watch wilfred it was all do you know what it is it's. I just remember it was like an old man in a dog suit. Well, it's it's like a middle-aged degenerate guy. So Elijah Wood, at the beginning of the show, this is not a spoiler, but he tries to... Um, tr- this is not a spoiler. It's not a spoiler. And I am not a lawyer. There you go. Um, he tries Bloater. to kill, kill himself. And he, uh, he wakes up in his neighbor's dog. Um, it becomes he a becomes man. the dog? He, well, he sees him as a man in a dog suit. Well, yeah, and he's smoking weed, and it, it, the dog is always coming what a over. Yeah, and he's drinking and uh, just a, a bunch of shit like that. A bunch but, of bad things. But every episode, it's actually like every episode is a parable because he he teaches Elijah Wood's character some life lesson, either directly or indirectly. Hmm. That's a good teaser. I wouldn't call that a spoiler. You're like, oh, this is not a spoiler. It was a good this description. Is a teaser. That was a good description. Watch it. It's fantastic. Okay, where can I watch it? Um, Actually, don't answer that. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, yeah, you can watch Always it. Always use your licensable preferred network. Perfect. Awesome. We can do that. And I'm not a lawyer. You are not a lawyer. Um, but I am Laura. But you are Laura, yes. I am Laura. You are Floater. I am Floater. PKA. You asked earlier what PKA I know what AKA means. Also nev- known as, popularly yeah. known as. There's also DBA, doing business as, CO, care of, OBO, on behalf of. What is the difference between all those? They're just short acronyms to like do business quickly, honestly. Really? A little office lingo. <laughs> I'm going to have a, a little chart I'm that I'm going to make. That way I'll always have it. Man, if they are doing the adult game out there. Be feeling pretty good out there. Be feeling pretty good. But hey, if you got any substance abuse issues, don't you know, maybe do it with some tea. <laughs> or not a lawyer. A cherry coke. Or cherry coke, exactly. No Herbal supplements, if that suits you. If it doesn't, don't do it. Don't then do I'm it. I'm not a lawyer. We and have I'm not a lawyer. Full choice. Free will is a cool thing. Do we have free will? Whoa, we can't get into that. That's a latter episode. Latter episode. We can't get into it? Why can't we get into it? Uh, do we have free will? I mean, I think America's a pretty pretty good place for it, right? We have arguably some of the most, but there's I would say there's some more countries out there that have got like different types of rights or protections for them as humans. 
you know, versus anything. What about as an individual? Do we make our own decisions or are we just a sum of our own experiences? Mm, that literally sounds like one of the, the end theme of one of the tracks off the EP, Half-Life. Like, Roe v. Wade had just happened and we were like, yo, like, what happens when your choices get taken away from you, basically? Like, take it at its, like, most basic variable of the question of something like that that just happened and not making it about that but could be about that is like you know it, it up to us to make a decision and really make something happen in our life or is someone going to make that choice for us or is everything just like you said the sum of our experiences like and then what we do next may or may not cost us the next thing and it all kind of plays together well it could be influenced by something that happened a long time ago as well that you don't even know about so just be be prepared to kind of reap what you sow you know like even if you want to be like would this happen to me well how'd you get there you know and it's not to say who's to blame it's not even that no so it's just it's just life and then dealing with it you know like and so i don't know half-life was the title we came up with for some weird reason but you know punk rock music you can be ambiguous like that androgynous who cares if it makes sense (laughs) Just do it because it's fun. But no, it really is a serious song, though. But we just, I compare that song, for me, it's like Coming Down uh, by, is it Thousand Foot Crutch? I don't know. Five Finger Death Punch. That's what it is. Ugh, I've already ruined my name. Every, if anyone who knows me, they know I'm terrible at pop culture, and that concludes music. Like, uh, you know, quiz things <laughs> actually at the end of every episode we actually do a pop culture quiz yikes i'm just messing with you <laughs> like don't take me out to trivia that's what i was trying to say <laughs> i'm honestly great at trivia i always okay win. well i'm gonna be on your team and be like we won <laughs> perfect yes um so the song that came out cardboard cardboard yes okay talk a little bit about that Laps like cardboard it doesn't sound like that <laughs> Uh, I tell you about it. Yeah, man, I wrote it the second I got back from Washington from the cross country tour. That was, and that's all we'll have to say about that. But I wrote it right when I got back, and then I shopped it around, made a demo of it with the videographer, just because we needed something to like actually make the video towards. And it just kind of turned into this fully fledged production of the recording that I have out now that released in October of last year. And uh, we made a whole music video around it, even though it's just supposed to be like a three camera angle thing, like, you know, the, the whole thing. And did a release party with it, like I said, at the filming station. It was dope. So really just like to pop things off and be like, yo, this is the type of stuff we're about to do. Like, and find the people to work with after releasing that as like a, a taste, you know. And it's it's been fun. Like Hell yeah. 10 months later. <laughs> Do I have your permission as the artist to play it at the end of this play episode? Play it at the end of this. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Introduce it. Introduce there. it. Yeah. Say the name of the song. Say your artist's name. Say where people can find you. Where can people find you? You can find me at floater.me for all my handles or website. But you spell floater, lowercase f. The number one, O-A-T-E-R, period. If you're looking for the username, it would be dot me. But yeah, floater, F1, like the car racing series. Formula One, but then odor, like milk, nut milk advocacy. And then, um, you know, put a period at the end. It's all lowercase, just because we just like being extra. We like being special. Cardboard is out. <laughs> Is it extra to be all lowercase, though, or is it not extra? SEO, search engine optimization. If you don't know, no. Details are important. Metadata is important. I'm not a lawyer, but you should really look into all your music royalties out there, including if you're putting out recorded music or if you're writing music, period, or if you're performing music, if your stuff's available for someone to buy. You know, it's all stuff to look into. Awesome. Well, here is Cardboard by Floater. Floater. Keep on dreaming. I'll see you next week. Bye.
Seventeen. 